Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Black Expat Experience, a live show and podcast highlighting the lived experiences of Black expat nomads and uh, study abroad students around the world. I'm Kendall Tyson, your host, licensed therapist, and a fellow Black expat. We have a great episode in store for you today, so I would like to begin by welcoming Marlene, our newest guest to the show. Hey, Marlene. Hi, Kendall. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good, girl. How about you? I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm home and resting and just trying to prepare to go back into work for sure. Yeah, back to reality, right? It's summer holidays, right? right? So. Exactly. <laughs> I want to give the world an introduction. Um, share some of the amazing information about yourself. Uh, Marlene is a teacher currently working in Beijing. She is a bubbly, forward, and honest person. Uh, I think, what, you've been in Beijing almost four years? Yeah, I I actually turned four years yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. (laughs) You know, so I I think that you're working with, is it it early years? Yeah, early years, so more like grade one and reception class. So yeah, about four or five-year-old students. Ooh, child, bless you, bless. Yeah. you my earring falling out okay um the wild <laughs> recording you have to be patient with them that's the thing you know sure for sure and there was something interesting um that i found out about marlene that she's actually from ireland correct yeah. right <laughs> cool I, I think it's cool i love novel information about people um so <laughs> I'm so glad that you have agreed to grace your presence on the show. And I really hope that we, and I'm pretty sure we're going to learn lots of amazing information about your journey, your experience. Um, So I'd like to start off by asking guests, can you tell us about yourself? When, when I ask the question, who is Marlene? What would you say? Well, Marlene is, um, wow. She's obviously, you've said a bubbly person, outgoing, adventurous. Uh, a risk taker Um, I think that's mostly my journey since I've started teaching Um, I can also come across as shy in the beginning just mainly because I'm observing and I think I learned that through my travels and growing up so yeah I'm a very I get along with a lot of people Um, I love culture I love meeting people I love learning new things Um, and obviously as a person as well you have your downtime you know That's so interesting. And so when you say traveling, one of the perks of being an expat is that we get to venture into other places in the world. And I know that we've been a bit stifled um, yep. since COVID hit, but mm. can you share with us some of the places that you've been able to visit? So um, obviously I've, I've been able to visit Congo because my background is coming also from Congo okay and then the other ones when it comes to about the U- Europe I visit a lot of Spain because I've met, I've met a lot of people from Spain and Belgium just mainly because my sister lives there uh, visited Italy and I've done some of Asia like Thailand Bali which was my first um ever first favorite girl I love Bali yeah I did a first backpacking there by myself. Wow. Um, Yeah, I did. It was actually a last minute decision. My sister came to see me. And then I didn't think I was going to be able to enjoy the holiday, just mainly because I'm sure you're aware when you change jobs, 
you have to stay somewhere in order for your visa to be able to process. So my sister came to see me. And then when the visa process was really quick, I was like, should I go? And and I'm sure you know, as all of us like traveling, sometimes we have friends that travel in occasion, sometimes you have no one. So I was like, I'm sick of always waiting for people. And I was like, I've always wanted to go to Bali. Yeah. And obviously my brothers was like, well, remember your girl and you're black. You got to be careful. (laughs) That's literally everywhere we go, right? A little bit more, but nothing. (laughs) But you know, one thing that reminded me was if I'm able to move across the world to China, I think I can go five days or 10 days to Bali. Yeah. So yeah, I booked my ticket, got my backpack and I went and it was the first time I stayed in a hostel. It's an experience, I tell you. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was. Oh my God, I stayed in the hostel this, this, like the first leg of my trip and I I am you know no shame to anybody that likes hostels I will never do it again yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was her. just something you you have to try you take oh my it and goodness. that's it. <laughs> it it was like the most I won't say worst because I'm trying to be sensitive I'll say yeah. eye opening and let's just say my eyes don't need to be opened any further <laughs> um, but I get you the usefulness. I get the usefulness of it, right? If you're doing like long trips, yeah. backpacking, you can't be spending money on a five star hotel everywhere you go. No, no. But I like. No. Um, but <laughs> yeah. No, you know, for me, it was mainly because I picked. I didn't know I picked it, but I picked a mixed hostel. Oh, not like a like, single room. No, it was like there was like eight people in the room. <laughs> So obviously I knew that's the whole point of backpacking. I was like, I'm doing it all. You know, I was like, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the courage when I was in university. I never did that whole like J1 thing where in Ireland you finish and your university and then they give you the opportunity to work for a year. So I was like, I didn't do that. I'm catching up. Right. So So I was like, you know what? If I don't like it, I'll just change. And it was cheap. You know, it's girl. It's actually funny. Yeah, it's they're really cheap. You have no idea, yeah. especially in Bali. Yeah. Um, and my own was a mixed one, so I think I met someone from Colombia, and he always comes to Bali to do like every summer, do some surfing and things like that. Yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, don't worry, it's safe here." But at the same time, I was like, "Maybe he's tricking me." Do you know? I mean, you know, when you, that's when, that's the thing about traveling, you have to go because you meet so many people, you learn so many things that, you know, you learn who to trust, who not to trust, how to behave, how to act, you know, all these things that I personally, even if I did different type of traveling or I did different type of jobs, I would never would have learned them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So that, it taught me a lot. But anyways, he introduced me. As people were coming in, he was like, yeah, this person is also staying in this room, this person. And before you know it, he disappeared. And all the people he showed me, I spent five days with them. Oh, wow. So that I was lucky. worked out for you. <laughs> I was lucky. And funny yeah. enough, after that experience, I actually inspired my brother later, six, seven months later. He went to Thailand by himself. That's you amazing. Know? And that's the good thing about like the lives that we have chosen to live is that there's so many, mm. there's so much opportunity um, through yeah. just taking risks, you know, just pushing ourselves just a little bit, you know, more. Cause once, mm. and that was, that was one of the catalysts to me doing this show was giving other people in the world the opportunity to see that one, Black people exist and thrive everywhere. 
Um, uh-huh. And it kind of gives license to those who may be wondering, can I do this? Is it possible? Yep. You know, we we demonstrate, yep. yes, anything is possible. And you can honestly change your life just by making a few uh, different decisions. Like what I what I call disrupting a traditional way of, ex- of existing. Um, uh-huh. And yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, when you even say the fact that Black people can do things, like just recently when I first uh, landed into Europe, I went to see my sister in Belgium and she obviously introduced me to someone from her church. And the person for the whole dinner just kept looking at me you are black and you moved to China like, to teach. Like how, <laughs> how did you even like, and I was like, I went to, and I was like, you do know they, there's teachers, right? You can teach everywhere. Like, yeah, you're black. <laughs> like, and you're she teaching. Must not have been no. black. She must not have been black. No, she was. Really? And she was a black. Yeah. That's interesting. And she was like, but you've gone there, you don't speak the language and you're teaching English to students. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And she literally looked at my, my dad and she was like, you have an amazing daughter to have that courage. And my dad well, was I'm just like, she, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that she framed it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <the other> way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For her, it's courage, you know, yeah. it's motivation also to be able to stay long. Because she was like, when did you settle when did you figure out like yeah I want to stay here long I said you know what it took me time it yeah. actually took me a year to be yeah. like I'm I can stay here yeah and honestly it's only till this summer that I actually said for the first time I miss Beijing oh like literally I was like yeah I want to go back and my and oh. everyone in my family was like they could see it oh. it takes time you, you know it's not easy world yeah now. right <laughs> I think it's so interesting, like as travelers, honestly, that's kind of where we are. It, it's kind of like the world feels like home and the opportunity, like, so where am I going next? Because I know like, you mm-hmm. know, when I go back home, I'm good for like a few weeks. And then I'm just like, all right, I got that itch. I need to be on a plane. I need yep. to go somewhere. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of been here too long and I yeah, need yeah. something different. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think also it makes you, I don't know if you've, when, when is the last time you've, you've left China? Oh, well, to go back to the United oh, States was, yeah. oh my God, January 2020. Yeah, that was when COVID January started. January 2020. Right? Yeah. And that so was- did you, did you ever get that thing before you come back? Like, you are like, okay, what do, do I need to do with my life? Oh, like okay what's my next goal well I think I think like that honestly all the time I don't I, oh I, really I, struggle with being well, I gotta wake up all <laughs> <laughs> I I am and I see it two ways you know whenever I'm working towards something um it's sometimes it's like what like how does this further my mission and some days yeah. I'm like what is the mission because things can change and then there are mm. days mm. where I'm just like, am I even, am I even doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Especially when I might be having some struggle professionally. Yeah. Um, mm. There can be that sense of what am I doing with my life? Mm. You know, so yeah. 
it, it just it really depends on the landscape of what's what's happening in my life at the moment honestly what about you I think me was mainly because obviously I've got a year left yeah I think that's why obviously every time I would have the little thoughts like mm, what's going on what's my plan yeah. am I doing this okay now I can I think just because of the year left right of, of the contract so that's right. why I was just like right okay I really think about this you were yeah. on a two-year contract at at DCB right yeah I, I signed two I didn't sign three okay I didn't even know mine was three child I was like mm-hmm. um no. yeah so I wonder you know so now I, I can kind of better see that question, like how that question manifests. And I'm curious, do you think that you'll stay in Beijing? Because that would make, what, five years? Or is there somewhere else in the world that you can see yourself venturing to and trying to establish yourself? Um, I, I know for sure that my time in Beijing has come to an end. Yeah. Um, it's not just because it's hitting five years. It's just, I've, I'm so... So before I, I, don't, I, I got DCB, I was more, not fear, but more anxiety about like other, going to other places with COVID, making the right decision. Is it safe? Yeah. How things can just change like that and being solid in somewhere where you have a job. And obviously we know China continued, the rest of the world would like up and down. Right. So obviously I, I picked DCB and I was happy to go there. Um, that's reason why also I didn't sign a three years I signed a two years because I knew I, I was coming to an end in Beijing so yeah. I think for me it's more about realizing that this holiday has proper opened my eyes not that I'm saying it won't come back but there's the thing about this whole COVID that it's, it's a flu and um, I've had it I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that other people have had it have not have not been that bad compared to me but it's just showed me that I shouldn't have fear in relation to my plans for next year that I should open. So I'm going to continue my travels and see what other opportunities that I can have. Yeah. Um, whether it is in China, I'm thinking maybe Shanghai or actually outside and just around Asia. Okay. So, I get yeah. that. That's exciting. Very it exciting. Is exciting. I would imagine that, you know, kind of coming to terms with not putting your life on hold. Um, mm. COVID is everywhere. And I think, you know, I'm glad that you had a mild experience, but for over 6 million people in the world to have died from it, I I would definitely say it's a lot more strenuous than your common flu, but it really depends on how are you protecting yourself, right? You know, taking all the Mm -hmm. precautions that way you can feel a bit more safe and in control while being conscientious mm-hmm. of how you're showing up in the spaces that you're choosing to go into because every country is not yeah. going to be as strenuous as they as as you know China has been yeah but yeah there's still a lot of opportunity out there and I think that the world is is ever evolving in how to keep people protected and yeah. still being able to live life for sure mm-hmm. well you know share with me how did you how did you like what what is your genesis story what's your origin story to becoming an expat an expat oh my god if i'm really if i'm really being honest to you i wouldn't say it's wow but how it happened was still amazes me today um i was living in london before i came to china and i was working as an early years teacher um teaching reception students in london and 
but at the same time, the school, which more of a school daycare, had a bit of like shortage of staff. So I had to do two jobs at the same time. Mm. And they promised me, let's just say about May 2018, that I was going to go back to my original job instead of doing two. But obviously, you know, some jobs, something happened. Oh, sorry, we can't do that one more month. And I got a bit annoyed. And I said, you know what? This was my first job. I got it because of, of a house. Um, let me look around London. And I looked around London. I went into a website and I saw a job for Shanghai. Mm. And I was like, Shanghai? Pff, nah, never. Kept scrolling. Yeah, next job, London. Implied at every school in London, literally. And I did my interviews. And then they emailed me back and they said, oh, we have an interview for Shanghai. And I was like, I was like what? <laughs> you don't get to Shanghai either way. <laughs> I was like, no, so I didn't say this properly. I saw it. I didn't apply. And then the next day I, I started looking for my jobs again. And then I saw it come up and something just told me, maybe God wants me to go there. You never know. Yeah. Why not? So I applied for it. And then a few weeks later, after I've done so many interviews with other jobs, they called me and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I was with my friend having lunch, a Jamaican friend. And she was like, have you, do you even speak like Chinese? like mandarin i was like no and she's like so what are you gonna do there i said, like, i don't know you never know let's just find out right <laughs> anyways i applied for the job and if i'm really honest to you i told no one in my family apart from that girl did the whole interview did all this stuff and then when i did tell my sister eventually she told me she had a friend that lived in beijing and she was like if you want to know whether they're legit and we're scared that you're gonna go there and something will happen to you yeah just send send the name of the school and then we'll find out what my friend says and then my, the friend came back to me and said well my school is hiring in beijing this is why let's see listen. and i was like oh <clears throat> so i did an interview with them and obviously as we know the package in beijing was good and so i came with a tourist visa the first time and i'm really honest to you as i was doing the process using my lunch break to go do the visa, coming back every time for the notification, asking me this, asking me, it still didn't dawn on me that I am moving to China. I'm yeah. being really honest to you. Yeah. All the things I had to do, like I was like, I didn't have lunch breaks. So I'll be sitting in a tube eating, getting out, <laughs> giving the paper, coming back and then straight into a classroom. Yeah. Um, and I remember the day I was leaving the fourth, the 5th of August, 2018 my friends brought me to London Heathrow because they didn't believe me and they were crying and I was like guys it's okay and I'm chill <laughs> I don't know I really don't know how it happened yeah. anyways as you come with a tourist visa they got it for 90 days so it was about September when I came in and I was like if I really don't like this I can just take that flight to tell you first of October and just go they will right. never know I had my passport at the time and my birthday hit in the 14th and I was a bit down because I was like, well, I'm a birthday person. No one's here. I have people in work, but they're not really true friends. I was really down and I prayed about it. And something just, I don't know, something just told me when I called my mom, she was like, you came here for a reason. Remember why you came here. Mm. And the reason I came here, I remember was to get the experience. Yeah. Much experience that I can get out of teaching. And I knew that I would get a different type of experience than in the UK. Yeah. And that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to stay. And that's four okay. years later. Yes. I, I, I really resonate with what you're saying. Um, 
a lot of people have shared that it really doesn't register that I'm literally moving to another country, not even a country, a whole other continent um, for this. That you've never been to. That you've never been to, <laughs> don't speak the language. Have, listen, the intention is not even to become totally immersed in the language, it's to learn what I need to so I can obviously demonstrate that I want to appreciate your culture and communicate just a little bit. Um, mm. But I, I really appreciate what you shared in recognizing that this is an experience to help further my knowledge of self, um, knowledge of the career that you've chosen, and just grow as an individual. And I wonder yeah. if you were to rate on a scale of one to 10, the accomplishment of those goals. One, yeah, no, I not so much 10, of course. Where would you say you're on that scale at the moment? If I'm really honest to you, one to 10, honestly, maybe like nine, eight. Yeah. If I stayed, no, if I stayed here, I personally think I would have been the same um, how I was. Okay. Just because the way my mindset was, I mean, like I like traveling now and then, whatever. I'll be like, oh, let me go here. I won't do it for a year. Like London was not something that just happened. Yeah, I'm doing it. No, it took me a year. Yeah. And my dad was even like Marlene. So I was, I think China helped me in relation to my career as a person. You know what I mean? And I remember before I took this job, I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be a teacher. I can just imagine what's going to be on my CV. <laughs> but I didn't imagine it's going to be this big. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was able to do a post. I was able to do a master's in education while in China. I was able to work with oh, children. Really? I didn't. Congratulations. Yeah, with Sunderland University. Like during COVID and everything, when COVID started and wow. working at the same time later. Yeah. Like not even yeah. now, being able to teach students that don't speak the language. And then in a year, they, they speak to you. You know? Yeah. Like a teacher here, yeah, they're talking to them. They're teaching them how to write sentences. They speak it already. They can form it already. They know the grammar. They know it makes sense. Yeah. They can tell yeah. a child that doesn't even... And that's when I realized when I first started in October and I was talking to the child. Not even that. A child, because they put me with younger students. They kind of like messed me up. But anyways, <laughs> I was like, that's fine. This is even better. They don't speak the language. They're two and a half. I can do it, Right. And a child kid comes up to me and he goes, nya nyao. And I was like, sorry, what? <clears throat> nyao nyao. And I was like, oh my days. And this time we're outside. I was like, okay, calling everyone. People are coming, they're busy playing. And I was like, what, what did he say? And then an IE runs up and she goes, nya nyao. He was thinking he said he wants to pee. Oh, I was figuring it was something like, he got, he got a need she to be met. <laughs> she dragged him and ran with him and that's when I came home and I was like why am I doing oh. <laughs> you know what I mean you get the wake up call of course yeah you know well I'm, I'm let me ask you because I can see how that would be like what the hell is going on is this even the right decision but I also wonder is it an opportunity for you to kind of like steal yourself and be like this is part of the process and I wonder, how do you believe you've grown professionally through the work that you're doing with your students? How did I go professionally? Um, I think I start, obviously, before I did my course, um, I learned professionally a sense of 
being really like productive like being productive and thinking about stuff that's got not even even got to do with education yeah be really you know what i mean like being really like i need to learn about this culture like life skills Um, yeah yeah it's all life skills you know also you have to work with parents and then you all you're gonna come through things where they're gonna speak it's gonna it's gonna affect your self-esteem your confidence but you have to push yourself back up to be like they do like me they don't like me it's okay i know i'm doing once you know what i mean it's a lot of life skills and then you have to work with um assistants that then you have the two assistants might be you know yeah it's a lot of just it's a lot it's a lot it is it's a lot it's a lot of juggling and i get the sense in the role that you play as like the leader in the class, right? You are the beginning and the end, obviously, serving these students. And I wonder how you're leaning into collaboration because you all have the ATs to assist. And how how does how is that working like culturally? Because I know sometimes there can be some cultural barriers that get in the way of like communicating and trying to move your vision for your class forward, what are some ways that you notice you've kind of grown in that respect? You know, one thing that I've noticed, um, and even my last primary teacher even asked, primary principal asked me, how did you manage to do that? I think for me, it's, you have to find a way where one of the ATs, you get to know that AT. And by getting to know her, she's then going to be able to open the doors to their culture relationship building you understand and that's one thing that i noticed because there was the other at which more was an ie that just did the cleaning yeah and i think because of the also the the way i've been brought up by my mom in an african culture of respecting i think that already still stayed in me yeah you know i mean although i am the leader in that classroom i take the responsibility of teaching them planning and everything but I think my proper African culture still stayed in me that it doesn't matter. She's older than you. You need to respect her. I, I, I think I once they understood that, everything else, if I'm really honest to you and I'm not lying to you, has worked really well with every AT that I've worked with. And I've worked in four schools. Wow. So then I hear Literally, you Literally, once just- you go ahead once you respect them whether it's the same age younger than you older than you and also you want to know about their culture i used to be like what's what does that mean how do you say that what do you eat okay and then even like not in a way of bribing but being like it's chinese new year very soon we should all go out because we do that in general wherever we are in the world we celebrate something go out sit down and have the food and be really like intrigued into what's that let me try and I think it's also something I started to learn just by talking. When I know by get to know one person, they're going to tell you things like, you never say no to this or be careful how you say this. Do you know what I mean? Because you might not even know that. Yeah. And I think in a way, personally for me, if I'm allergic to selfish, I'm sorry, I can't have it. But if it's something else, I'll try a little bit and they will see that you've tried. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I, I really resonate honestly and I I know you shared how being raised in African culture 
I really believe that is that is a through line from all black cultures is respecting mm-hmm. your elders no matter mm-hmm. like what role they play or station and things mm-hmm. like that because there's clearly a hierarchy in your class like right you're the teacher they're supporting yeah. you um mm-hmm. but just the intention of being respectful one because you're helping to further the mission of the class and two because yeah. you do have you live longer, you know, I want to demonstrate, like you said, that respect for the life that you've lived and the support that you're providing and just showing a genuine interest and not mm-hmm. in a transactional way. Like I'm doing this so I can get something from you. No, I yep. really want you to see that I care and mm-hmm. no, you knowing that I care, hopefully is going to help us all be able to collaborate and be of, yeah. on one accord and have the same mission when it comes to supporting these students. So and I, and I, I sense even with the work that I do, the things I've heard, the things I've seen, that there are people in our profession that don't necessarily behave that way. That it is power differential as opposed to a collaboration, and it they is. get a lot different response from their support staff. You know, because the thing that I always look at in sense of at the end of the day we are all those role models to those students. Mm-hmm. The class is not going to run smooth. Of course, we're going to have little rough patch, um, rocky roads and stuff like that. It's normal. But if we don't all collaborate together, the children are not going to learn. The class is not going to be positive. It's not going to run really nice. And another thing that I also even started to do, only till my last school, um, because I noticed my last because my last school was more like we have a co-teacher so you have like bilingual so so she would have had more of a responsibility because things change but anyways she would have asked me for for my opinion or some stuff whether it's a parent complaint whether it's a parent emailing her and it might not even got to do with the international aspect or sector or area it might just be a Chinese lesson she would just come and say listen what do you think of this and then I realized later that when I used to have things going on, I'd be like, well, I can't give you an answer now, principal. Let me speak to my team. Let me talk to them. Let me let them know. And yeah. then I'll get back to you. Or I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Let's get everyone together. Yeah. And when they started to realize that, and she actually told me one day, thank you. That's when I realized, oh, I didn't know I was doing this. Mm. Oh, this is actually really good. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, you just so asked how also, to be raised right. <laughs> Sorry? So you just behaving out of being raised the right way. <laughs> nah, nah. I think in a way sometimes it's not about common sense, but it's always it's also about being caring, being kind. Oh, very much. Treat people how you want to be treated, you know? That's how exactly. I see it. If I see I want to be to know what's going on, obviously, depending on whatever it is tell me when you want to tell me, but include me in the decision because yeah. we're both in this classroom. We have to, because it's true. A profession is not something you go to a room, you sit down with your laptop or you come, you see them like every two. No, you are with them. Yeah. And when you're with them, you're with them with 20 or 22 little creatures passing by. That's that everything. you have responsibility for. Yeah. I want to even, I would want to even add to that, that you as the teacher and the leader in the class you set the tone you set the example 
you are modeling mm -hmm. the behavior mm -hmm. that you want others to replicate. And it is a yeah. huge responsibility to do so. Yeah. Um, one that everybody shouldn't have and mm -hmm. that I'm really grateful that you are intentional about the way that you are going about communicating and collaborating and making and, and making people feel included because mm -hmm. being a black person in China and working at some of these international schools, I know that I felt a level of dismiss being dismissed and yeah. excluded from certain things. And that is a very yeah. lonely place to be, especially professionally. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's one of my first goals. I'm sure you had when you first start a class, they give you your ATs, then you have to sit down and write goals. And my first thing is always like, you know what? Um, every day is going to be different. Number two, if you're sad or whatever, tell us. If you need time out, tell us. Um, if you cry, we cry. If you laugh, we laugh, you know? And, I, and the last thing I always say is that we're going to be friends or we might not. Yeah. But our priority is these children. Exactly. But I hope that we can become a family. That's exactly. my goal. Do you know I what I mean? So I get and, the, and the thing is, when you laugh and you talk and you all these things, sometimes I notice the students are looking at us. And I'm just like, what? And then I just realized that they're always looking at us. Oh, and course. then they start to act the same way, you know? Yeah. And then you don't have issues with students having fighting, pulling, because they're looking at their role models. They don't do that. So they will be yeah. the same with each other, you know? Exactly. You know what? I would even say that there's also an unintended consequence of you working in the roles that you have is it's also helping to shape the children's perspective of different cultures and learning mm. how to appreciate and work with and care for and respect yeah. people that don't look like them and that um, are different culturally, right? And so it will disrupt because they've had personal experience with you because they've been able to grow with you and learn from you and be nurtured by you. It will disrupt yeah. any other type of learning that they may receive that is counter to what they've firsthand been able to experience. And I really love that. Mm. You're right. That's a great thing. So share with me. Um, I love talking about the work, right? It's kind of like why we're here. <laughs> Who does it? <laughs> you get educators together. We don't talk about work. Uh, <laughs> That's the whole thing. You have to let it out. Don't hold it in. Exactly. Listen, you're telling that to the therapist. I definitely understand. I, I 100% agree. Um, <laughs> can you share with me your time abroad? What do you believe has, what has been an experience that you think has changed your life? And how has choosing the expat life like shifted your perspective and priorities in some ways? Okay. Let's look at the first question. <laughs> You've asked two. <laughs> okay, the first one is questions now. Uh the first one. It is share with us how this experience of living abroad, creating a life abroad has changed your life. How has changed my life? Hmm. Um, well, it's changed my goal. Mm. That's one thing. 
Um, not that, you know, when they always say to you, where do you see yourself? Um, it's, it's changed my goal in a sense of, you know, it's changed it. No, okay. First, it didn't make, it made, yes, there you go. I had a goal and I'd have it in the future, which I didn't think is possible, but I hoped that I could have other people to help me make that goal. And the reason why I say other people, because I have a big family and siblings. So I hoped that eventually, because they support me in every way, they will try my best to help me. Coming to China and the whole expat thing has made me realize, actually, I can do it by myself. Mm. If I can just put my mind to it. So when you say to me, since I've moved, how have I changed? I've actually become more strict with my financials i've become uh, not in a bad way just because oh. i know where i might get in that where yeah. where do i want to do how much can i save what if i do this maybe if i sacrifice this maybe i don't do that um and it's also made me realize some things that i used to do not necessary you can live without it mm. <laughs> you know mm. what i mean like you're not yeah. gonna die if you don't go here or go down, right. don't go there you also get to realize what's important, what's not important. Um, and then also made me realize that I can do things that I didn't think I could do in life. Does that make sense? It all makes sense. It You have been you able know? to, from what you're sharing, reprioritize, really learn that while it is important to have that family support, it's not... It's not not having it or being able to lean on yourself is not going to stop you from living the type of life that yeah. is out there for you. And then I even mm. hear you saying that you're you are in a better place to distinguish between your needs and your wants. And there's yeah. like saying that you do what you have to do now so you can do what you want to do later. Um, that delayed gratification. Mm. And that takes somebody to be very disciplined and aware to kind of look in the mirror and be like, all right, the stuff that I'm doing may not be furthering the goal of living the type yeah. of life that I want. So how do I make that shift? Like, what do I need to do to kind of slow some things down and ramp some things up? And that's a that's a challenging conversation to have with yourself. But once you kind of, when it clicks and you figure it out and like you can put the action mm -hmm. steps to it, it just opens yeah. up the other doors for you. And you know, even that only clicked personally the last six months you know three years in China I think I was like in honeymoon period yeah it's only so that like literally six months where I'm like well six months ago where I'm like wow yeah wait a minute there because before I, I'll be honest a year ago I was like I really really don't think I'm going to do that goal maybe I need to scrape that think again where am I going to go next yeah maybe there's yeah. another route maybe it could be not big but it could be a little bit small or something like yeah. that but now I'm like wait a minute Marlene actually you know what if you do this and do this and you do sacrifices, you can actually do it, you know? Growing in confidence. So, yeah. um, Sorry? Like, I hear that you're growing in confidence, right? Um, yeah, my confidence is growing. But at the same time, you could get comfortable. Oh, it's very easy to get comfortable because we make, we make good money over here and the cost of living is yeah. very cheap. 
So it's very easy uh, to complacent, right? And what I comfortable what I, and this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I want it now. I want it now, <laughs> right? Not not patient, but then China has a way of knocking you on your behind and making you relearn that lesson. Uh, uh, not on your time, <laughs> on ours. <laughs> um, I've even I'm I'm wondering, you know, with everything that's happened, just the uncertainty of of life, honestly, and professional life. When when COVID hit, I wonder yeah. how like your priorities been like reshifted when it comes to understanding what how to how to become more financially secure, really start making plans now that are gonna you know plant yeah. seeds for your future. Yeah, they really have in relation to things like whether you want to relocate somewhere, whether you want to buy a house, whether you want to buy something, like it's something that you have to plan in advance and also making sure that, that you know, you just never know, although we're living that life, you never know what's going to happen that we might have to pack our bags and leave. Exactly. That's also something that you have to put money aside for, you know, not saying it will happen, but you, it's, that's something that's woken me up. Right. You know, and when I say things like being comfortable, it's also you're so comfortable that time goes by so quick. And you you're like, oh, my days, like as a woman, your age passes so quick. And you're like, damn, I should have done this. Damn. Like, you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. So you also have to be like, remind yourself at least every few days, every month or every six months, like this is my goal. OK, remember, how am I going to do it? Where am I going to do it? How much do I need? Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, those time your, will go fast. Right. What is your never would have like? known? Sorry. What is, what is your process of like goal setting and planning for the future look like? Um, so obviously I would love a couple of years to be married, have children. <laughs> when I say children, I'm saying two. Okay. And obviously um, my goal, I don't know, but was always to open something, some sort of a small crash or something like that, you know? Cool. And for me, my goal was to go back home. When I, when I mean go back home, I'm going back to my African roots, Congo. Oh, wow. I have some friends yeah. that actually lived and worked at an international school in the Congo, and they, they said they absolutely loved it. And yeah, I think that is amazing. So I would imagine making a diff that, another, that you're making a difference in another way. Exactly. You know? Well, let me ask you about that, because I know we do talk about community on the show, and we'll definitely get into mm. mental health. But when you think about the lasting legacy that you'd like to leave in your community, be it Ireland, Congo, what, is, what does that look like for you? I know you just said you have dreams of opening up a space. What else can mm. you envision for helping to further the progress in, in your community? It could, it could be things like toys. It could be things like clothes. It could be things like events. Do you know what I mean? It could be things like, for example, my mom, my sister works on things like with women, with like period tampons, um, how giving them like a little training on like manners. Love it. Sewing, doing things, how to look after their hair, you know, cooking so that they could be with the do and a husband, they are ready. Maybe they might, they might not get school, but at least depending on where, which village they're in, mm -hmm. they're ready, you know, 
then there's other stuff where you just invest in people that want to start a business. So you talk them through what you, what you want to do. You want to open a little barbershop. You want to open a restaurant. How much do you need? And you just give them something to help them start, you know? Yeah. It, it all starts from there. It might not have to be something big. And that's one thing that I'm very lucky about having five older sisters that three are back in Congo and I've learned so much from them as well that they are also the reason why I, I'm not forgetting about my goal mm. you know every time they're doing something it's always reminding me because if they are not in education they're all in business business economics things like that That's auditing amazing. so yeah I remember when I had to tell my, my dad and my mom I want to do teaching they're just like my dad knew because I was obsessed with kids in general but my mom was a type of typical, well, she, you think it's a typical dad, but she was like, don't you want to do a doctor or lawyer? She's like, not something else professionally, okay? Please. You know? <laughs> but then later, but then later she thought, hmm, a school in Congo. Okay. Girl, okay. That's what I was thinking. So she about. thought the I business way. Educating the babies. Oh. oh I can so my mom was it. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go do it. Do three years. Work a bit. And then come back. So when I told her about China, she was like, come on, man. Remember, we, we were talking. What are you going to do in China now? You're going to learn and grow and stack your paper. So that way when I'm you like, do mom, things, you, you never back. know. Maybe I might learn. Yeah. I said, like, mom, I might learn something. Yeah. Ah, okay, go to China then. <laughs> but you know what? It's kind of like families that we work with, they want their children to go to maybe other Western places to gain knowledge and experience, grow, and then come back home mm-hmm. and plant seeds and roots mm-hmm. to help their community. Yeah. And it's I yeah. see that as the same thing. And that doesn't mean that the learning and growing is better in China, but there is definitely a wider birth of opportunity and you get to you know make a little bit more financially whether you know as opposed to if you were in other countries China's you know one of the better paying ones so it's yeah. like how do you allow this to be an experience that allows you to grow professionally financially that way you can take what you've learned and go and build wherever you choose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before thinking, um, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was just like, I don't like every day living in China by any means, you know, and there've been lots of great experiences, but this is very much intentional. And there's a strategy behind the time that I've been here and the goals that I'm attempting to complete while I'm in the country. So it's when I'm feeling like when you're feeling emotional, you're just like, oh my God, I'm ready to go. Especially if we can't travel with COVID, it's just like, but you chose this mm. for a reason. So be steadfast, yeah. channel that energy into something productive because that feeling will pass for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me ask you, as far as community, I know you were talking about your, I've noticed that you mentioned how you've been able to collect people and meet people, you know, when you went to Bali um, and in different instances, what does it look like for you to have built your own community of support while living here in Asia? So what do you mean? So when I say that, we have this concept called like chosen family. So the people yeah. that you bring into your life that help to 
that you that helps to kind of like lift you up, bolster you, support you when you need it, you know, and everybody might not serve the same role, but the people that you choose to bring into your life that are going to help you to feel more connected, which is going to impact your mental health in a, in a more positive way. What does that look like mm. for you? Yeah, you see with me, as you know, as my personality, I'm very bubbly. I'm very, um, I just love meeting so many people. But I also noticed living in China, which is the past last year, I started realizing that sometimes you have to be careful who you're allowed to come in. Amen. And the reason, <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I realized that was mainly because I allowed so many people inside, which was amazing because they would not be, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't meet those people because I've yeah. went through so many things with them. Um, but then the, those people were not one, they became different type of groups. I had my Chinese friends from work. I had my Chinese friends I've met from other places. Right. I had, a, a, I had my, my little black community where I've met one person that's introduced me to some people. Yeah. Then I had people where yeah. I've met through, funny enough, I don't know if you know, Bumble has BFF. <laughs> I just saw that. Girl, I do my best to stay off of Bumble because it's been such a disappointment. So maybe I do need to shift it to friends. <laughs> not no, no, trust me. The friends route, I literally have 10 Bumble friends. Oh, okay. I'm, I might do better in that department. <laughs> and do you, know, do, you know, do you know the funny thing is? They all knew each other. Oh my gosh. And they all met on Bumble, not knowing we all knew each other. That is so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give that a try. Literally. <laughs> Anyways. Then I had my soccer friends where last year I joined Dolage. It was a bit stressful. I wanted to let out some steam. I wanted to try something new. I like to stay fit. I had my soccer friends. But then, so you're, you're seeing all these different groups, right? Recently, I realized, you know what? It's good to have had those people, not in a bad way, but I also have to be careful who I let in, in a sense of, because they can influence me. Yeah. And they can lead me in a path where, number one, I can change my goals. Number two, I can lose myself. Um, I can start to be some, do something either to get accepted or just because it's my friends, I'm having fun. Not in a bad way, you're enjoying it. Nothing wrong if you like going out, you know? Right. But maybe if I didn't have those people, maybe I would have thought differently, you know? So you start, you have those, they come into your life. You have to go through those things. But then you also have to be strong to then be like, okay, let me take a step back and then be like, right, what do I want to do? So my lifestyle has changed in the last six months like that. And, and, I, and do you know the funny thing? I think it was like February, I told myself, I'm growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know, because I started to be, not that I'm saying grownups are boring, but I saw it in my type of growing up in a sense of my whole, from when I left my parents' house, moved to London, two years in China, going out, drinking, anything you can think of, to a point where I'm like, two months, no, I don't want to drink. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a bad way. It's just, it's not me. I don't want to be surrounded by that. You know, I choose. And if I do want to, I choose when I do it people's birthday yeah I'm gonna be out I'm gonna do whatever and I remember I did a hundred day um hundred days what you call it challenge and I when I did that that's when I started realizing who are the groups that I need in life <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who are the ones that have helped me 
who who are real not like not honestly not in a bad way but it's just things that you have to go through when yeah. you make one decision in life when you decide to cut one thing you start to see things in different ways do you know what i mean I and that's when i realized in february i was like wow now i need to start thinking about my life do i go into running mm, do i go out a lot what do i like do i like re you know it really you the word i'm trying to do say is you reflect it made mm-hmm. me reflect a lot in my life and then it started made me reflect on the people i wanted that's when i realized the people i have make me who i am and they also are the people that you will do things, time will pass. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's very crazy. I didn't realize it till like only this year, you know? But I, I, I wanna, I kind of wanna gently push back. It's not crazy. It is necessary. Cause all I, I, what I hear when you're sharing that is that you're evolving, you're maturing yeah. and you're reflecting on does this individual add value you know, mm. this, do these people represent the type of life that is going to help me feel like I'm moving forward? And that doesn't mean that you're trying to get something from people, but there's mm. there's the thing where it's like, you know, you look at the five people around you and it kind of just, you know, gives you an assessment of like your mm. goals and, you know, where you're going in life. And so you want to surround your pe- yourself with people that are like motivating you, that are really yeah. pushing themselves that are encouraging. Um, and I think promoting promoting things in your life that are gonna, again, help you to be the best version of yourself. Now that doesn't mean that yeah. you don't like a good party every now and again, because it's necessary. But if you notice that that's, you're doing that more frequently, then that's like a, I would say a warning sign to look, you know, what am I trying to escape, right? Is my reality that challenging that I'm I'm doing these behaviors to kind of forget or is, are things happening? I think everything that happens in a person's life is, is, is a guide to learning about what do you need in that moment. So the people that you're around really do either help you move forward or keep you a little bit stuck. Yeah. Um, and that's easy in Beijing because- Very easy. There's lots of folks it's that- It's easy because also- we you know even like something that my friend the first person that helped me get to the the Beijing job basically where his school had a job it was one thing that he said to me that went in and it it went out but it came back to me a couple of years later right Mm -hmm. he said to me he was like I was meeting I made a friend with somebody um and he said to me he said you know these friends you're with you always have to think about if you are not in China, will you be friends with them? I have heard that so many times. Would I hang out with you if I wasn't here? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I yeah. used to be like, what are you talking about? Obviously he had his own things going on. And sometimes I used to be like, why is he talking like this? <laughs> but it's later to <laughs> it's later on that I started to realize if I was not here in China, Will I, and the reason why I say China is because of the amount of expats we have. Yeah, there's a lot. It's a different story if you're in Singapore, in America, in the UK, or you know what I mean, Australia. But if I was not in China, will I be with you? Because if I'm really honest with you, when I joined, I was like, right, okay, I have no friends. I left my God knows how many friends in London. 
um, if I'm going to be here for two years, I got to meet people and then they will help me to live here, show me around, do things and do, you know, and then I can get the best out of this place. So I went out looking for friends like Bumble, yeah. other places like my Chinese friend right now, like she's like a sister to me, literally my emergency contact in, in China. I met her on this traveling lookout friends online. I don't, I don't even remember the site. I went on Google and said, how do you make friends in China? What's the, what's the website? Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, because I didn't like just to have friends in work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like you say, when we're always around work, what do we do? Always bicker, always talk about work. Not in a bad way, but I just wanted to have a variety of friends. It's good to yeah. have. Um, so I met her. But when he said that to me, and I was like, I thought about that. And do you know what? He's right. He is right. Yeah. It, maybe you have five. And if you were not in China, I personally think maybe two, you would talk to others, you wouldn't. <laughs> Listen, I think about you it. Know like, what I mean? Yeah, I no, it's like, true. People. You will talk to them, they will be your acquaintance, but it will not be the way you spend every single weekend with them in China. Exactly. Exactly. China, you me? <laughs> I do. Like living in Beijing, especially, it kind of creates substance of sometimes like connection because being here can be really isolating and really lonely so then we kind of cling yeah. to people but then yeah. when it's time to transition we know that there are times of transition throughout the year um I think once people move on or get new jobs it really kind of shines a light on is this friendship genuine or not because I know for instance some of my friends that I met at Dulwich have moved to other countries and mm. the test is, are we making time to connect? Are we staying mm. in touch? And mm. I have about two or three people that I literally talk to every other week, or we are sending each other pictures through IG and talking yeah. through IG, we're making the effort. And so to me, that yeah. shows that was a real friendship, not just we're together because of the convenience of living in Beijing yeah yeah um how do you think I kind of want to shift the conversation this is a question that I love to ask and the question this, the answer is always very similar when discussing mental health you know that's my wheelhouse mm. can you think of any like growing up any conversations, any messaging in your household, your family, your connections, where mental health was a topic of conversation? Um, I, I wouldn't say mental, it would have been mentioned as mental health. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been talked about in a different way of whether somebody's going through something, it's affecting them the leading to the drinking mm. or the closing themselves or you've got something where they're having issues with boyfriends and girlfriends yeah definitely it does come up okay for sure I I appreciate that you just made that distinction that it might not be like the clinical language of their struggle yeah. with their mental health but it's more of mm -hmm. the observation you know they're they're drinking a lot something's going on or they're having a lot of interpersonal mm. conflict there's a challenge there or they're withdrawing a lot and I think that is mm. very much the case with a lot of black families of the diaspora that maybe we don't have that medical knowledge that clinical 
terminology, but we know what it looks like and what it feels mm. like, right? We can describe mm. that. Mm. And, and I, I think with us, we do see it in my culture or how I've been brought up and what I've learned and heard. We personally would not say, um, how do you say it? We wouldn't say, oh, you need to go to a counselor. What would you say? In my, in my household. Right. We would be like, you need to pray. Mm. <laughs> I think that's every black household. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yes, but you I, know what? I, I, I will tell you this mainly because I think it was a year ago. I got to a point where I, I pray not in a bad way to God. I had to go to an actual counselor. I hear you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So that the reason why yes. I say that to you, although we've been brought up in that way, there is a situation where you kind of need to go to that person, especially yes. when you are in China yes. and then you have no family. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's a different story also because the community, and, and that's why I have to refer back to this whole community thing. You have to be very careful who you choose mm. because those are the ones where if you don't reply too much, nah, there's something wrong with Marlene. We need to check up on her. Yeah. Or have you guys noticed she's a bit, mm, yeah. you know what I mean? And the reason why I say that is because that, the person that helped me to make that decision was coming from one of my communities. Wow. Do you get what I mean? I do. You just said so much in what you just shared. One, thank you for sharing. <laughs> and I think that, you know, spirituality, religiosity is very much a part of the Black experience. I think no matter where yeah. in the world you live, right? And for so mm. long, I also believe that it's been like a shield. Pray about it. That's it, right? To keep you yeah. from really paying attention to what's happening in, in your life. And I and maybe economics get in the way or stigma for sure. The stigma mm. of not being crazy or mm. touched like some communities say. Um, or not having the access to the support and, and more so not having clinicians or therapists that look like you, that you can trust to take care mm. of you. There is a real mistrust mm. in black communities of the diaspora of medical professionals. And for good reason, yeah. right? History has not yeah. been kind. Um, so I yeah, get yeah. all of that. Mm -hmm. But one thing I'm trying to encourage people, like I want to start, you know, delivering, you know, speeches and stuff to churches because you can believe in the Lord and pray and seek therapy. Like they go mm. hand in hand. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. either or, because you cannot pray away depression. You cannot pray mm. away OCD. Um, <coughs> can you yeah, share yeah, with yeah. Us, you know, if you want, what was like a turning point for you to recognize that spirituality is important, but you also needed to seek some clinical support? I think for me is when my personality changed mm. and I started to more stay to myself. So I got to a point where I love when someone says, yo, we're going here this weekend. Do you want to come? I'm like, I'm, I'm there. And I'm like, I can't wait to go to it. I'll do whatever, you know? I think when it came to two weekends, when I was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. No. That's when I was like, okay, there's something wrong. Mm. do you get what I mean yeah and obviously the person I was talking to at the time she was also somebody inviting me yeah 
And she was like, come, we're going to go here. You're going to have fun. You need to keep yourself busy. Da, 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 da. Take into account, obviously, I'm not going to mention what was going on, but she also right. didn't know. But she obviously had some things in the past and she was like, trust me, it's helped me. Da, 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 da. Right. And so that's when I realized that that was, and I was like, no, if I can't even be my, I'm not myself anymore, you know? And I, and I, and I thought about the situation where that's sometimes kind of a bit the down, not downfall, but like, you know, when you live by yourself here, you can do so many things that if your family is around, it can help you. You know what I mean? Like you, in a sense of you could do things like, not that I've done this, constantly going out, getting drunk or taking God knows drugs or, you know what I mean? Or you do some things that you believe, whatever it is in your household, that your parents, your sisters, whatever, will not be happy with it. You would do it here, knowing that these people you meet, they're just strangers. You hang mm-hmm. around with them. You have, you might have close friends, yeah, but they won't judge you to the way it will hurt you when another yeah. family member judge you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that's what always brought me back to, if my sisters were here, what would they say? And when I thought about what they might say, that's when I was like, nah, I need to get out. Because my sisters know I'm always out. I'm always doing something. And when I started to just close myself in, that's when I was like, mm. it was just two weekends. And I'm lucky it just hit two weekends for me. But then the next thing is, who do you go to? So like you said, the person you go to, um, then you're like, okay, not in a bad way. They're not dark. Um, and then also you want to you be able to trust them. Yeah. You know, because me personally, for me, in a church i want to be able to have been in the church for a long time to be able yeah. to trust yeah. that pastor whether it's a person a woman there that talks to me and then you eventually be like okay you find somewhere and you're like i don't know if i want to talk to a man and then you're real. like okay That's he's real. the only one available so you so you post <laughs> so you're like now nah, man i'm gonna move it to the next week for that girl you know what i mean and she's I not available and then that's when I'm like, you know what? I've never done this before, but I just have to go. And my only point was go and see how I feel. Yeah. You never it. know till you try. Try it. Try it. I, you have said so much, you know. You know what I mean? You never know till you try. So I went the first time and, and then I went again. This And then I, I pushed, I kind of was like, nah, maybe it wasn't real. After I left, I was just like, yeah, maybe it wasn't real. I will know if it was real, this whole counseling and how it can help you. Do you know what I mean? Till you go the second time. Yeah, first, the first session, which which honestly is the is the most common number is a is one session. Um, it yeah. takes honestly a few months for you to really, maybe two or three months mm. for you to really start to see mm. like those mm. old patterns of behavior breaking and new, new understanding mm. of yourself coming through, implementing, you know, le- different ways of coping, better ways of coping, healthier ways of coping. But what I, I, yeah. what I recognize that you're saying is that you were aware enough to know I'm not showing up as my usual self something is not right and I need to at least try to see what's happening Mm -hmm. so if you were to if you were one of the friends that noticed 
that a friend was not herself. Something was just different. What would you suggest somebody to do to reach out to an individual that potentially may be struggling? I, so sometimes I, I have had situations where it's come and I'm, and I would say to that person, um, cause you know, sometimes it's, you'd be scared to tell the person you need to go to counseling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, as much close as you are. So normally what I try my best to look at is if I know someone has had that situation before and they know each other, then I might be like, listen, I've noticed you're not yourself. I will give my advice. I give a lot of advice, but every time I give that advice, I always say, this is how I feel. Yeah. And then if there's something that it's not in my um, sector or I've no experiences with it, I would say, you know, what? I don't have experience with this, but maybe you should go to someone or go to that person. She's had that experience. Yeah. You know, that's, and I think, Personally, for me, it would have been someone to have that conversation. I know that person really well. Mm-hmm. If I don't know the person really well, which I have in the past where someone was drinking a lot, I would go to her friend and be like, yo, listen, I've been watching your friend. Yeah. She's, there's something there. I think she needs support. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because although you know the person, you just don't know how people are, how right. they turn you know what they will say right but i think also you you won't be able to sit right if you didn't say something exactly exactly it you know what i mean spirit. yeah, yeah. I and what like, i hear you- like that friend that yeah. friend i remember what whatever person it was we never really used to get along just an example so even that point where she started to talk to me i was like you know what if i can't tell her let me be there for her talk if she wants to talk but you know some other people were like what's this girl being fake for she never yeah. talked to me she's gonna talk to me now what the heck i don't have time for that you know what i mean i was mm-hmm. like hey she's been down for a couple of days if i can give happiness in whatever way i will try my best yeah and you talk to her you laugh with her yeah. you know yeah i think you give her coffee so instead of the, the bottle right <laughs> I get the sense like people are so skeptical of others now Mm. that it's hard to see when someone might be coming to you in a genuine stance from a genuine perspective of I've seen, I see you. I noticed that something that you're not behaving like you normally do. I want to demonstrate a level of support. But one of the key things that I, I, I keep hearing you saying is a lot of this has to come through the building of a relationship, a trusting yeah. relationship, um, so that people can know that you're you're genuine in your care. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, also I, how you approach it. Oh, totally. You know? So it's it's your not body language. What you say, it is how how you it is. It. It's, Especially it's when how it's- you approach it, where you approach it. Yes. The tone of voice that you're you're talking yeah that because you know even if your level of friendship is maybe here and it's not up here but if you're like yo i want to meet up with you your body like the person will see that it's taking you time yeah they will straight away yeah you know they might and i think with that usually people freeze do you know what i mean because maybe you're not that close yet they don't know how to reply to you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if but they will know by your body language that it's taking you time. 
yeah. if you just say like yo man listen i've been looking at you and like like you know then they're gonna be like whoa they put that right. defense exactly because you're coming at it from a position of judgment and yeah like that's always going to shut somebody down which is why i think a lot of people don't say something because they don't want to come across incorrectly Mm -hmm. but i'm like i would rather you say something and apologize if you don't get it right than have it on your heart because you know that something is off and not say anything you can always Mm -hmm. apologize for making a mistake um yeah because if your intention is pure that will come across yeah. Well, let me ask you this. And you know, also, we have to make sure we think about this whole, what are you, what's the, what exactly are you approaching this person about? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So if it's things like, oh, she, things that can wait, you know, I mean, it's a different story. But if it's things that can affect the person that either they're thinking of suicide, either they need to go oh, for the maybe. host, you know what I mean? That's when, even when it's a different type of level, you even though you don't have that big friendship it's not going to sit on you when it happens to that person does that make sense but you will still follow the steps of the lowering down your body language calming down sitting them down in a corner of somewhere you know giving them a cup of coffee or water whatever but that is something that you will have to say anyways yeah i agree with you let me so when it comes to i think you shared that you sought some support here in the city which when it comes to mental health in Beijing and China for the longest, it's been a very minuscule infrastructure. And just within the last year or two, they've been um, adding more, trying to be a bit more comprehensive, a bit more um, responsive. Can you share like, what was the process that you went through to seek some emotional support here in the city? the process i mean to be really honest to you it wasn't um it was quick just because i knew already it was available to me okay um but because i was in a group of female expats okay um that people i'm sure you know female expats people just ask for another person they gave different contacts and then it was there you add the person I personally think if that was not there, I don't know, not just me or anyone where right. they would look. Right, right. You know what I mean? I do, yeah, I do. So what would you, you know, say? Because So then what would you say if we were given advice, if you were given advice to like the government or individual people that like, I do therapy. I don't do therapy here anymore because I, I need to take a break. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. What would be some suggestions that you would offer to promote and spread the word about the mental health services that are available in the city for expats specifically? I would say, I'm sure you know of Beijing. Yeah, yeah. Beijing could put that I've up. I've written for them before, yeah. You know, Beijing could put that up. There's so many, and the thing is, they do so many um, advertisements for small businesses, um, for car rental, for, you know, whatever. Beijing is some, what, the only thing that I know expats go to a lot and they could do that. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, in that group, that person might like say, oh, I'm asking for a friend. But then 
that person is doing that for a friend, right? Then yeah. you have another person that just has the courage, doesn't care, and asks the question. <laughs> but then you've got the other ones that might not have the courage. And it would just be good to get where we always get subscription, newsletters sent every single time of different things. Are you thinking like this? Um, are you experiencing this? Say exams are coming up, reports are coming up, the stress of living in China, missing yeah. home, what you should do. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. lo- and the thing is, I even, I even noticed it while I've been here just on YouTube. Like I follow these YouTubers and she'd be like, five things to do to be happy, five things to keep yourself productive. You know, all these YouTube things. Beijinger can do that. And if it's not Beijinger, another platform that people can advertise on groups that will get big. And eventually they can just promote it like that. They could either put the specialist people's name in there. They put a QR code. They could even put something where, you know, sometimes you just got to let things out. Whether you're writing a note you know, and then like anonymous note and it just goes out there. How are you feeling? Just write it, you know, because, you know, people are really into this. Um, is it affirmations or like journals where they write every day it's, how they feel? They write yeah, I, I create those for people to do that specifically. Yeah, basically stuff yeah. like that, you know, because different way people work differently. Some people might want to call anonymous person. Some person might want to write something down. Some person might want to meet someone and bond you know and it, and that's when I say if you have for example if you were still practicing it would be like say for example you put your thing out there they can reach you you know because yeah. my friend the one from this the, the the sports thing she started to explain to me that she had someone and then when she mentioned me that girl's name later on it was mentioned again in the groups but when it goes in the groups that that eventually is up there and people look at new things do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. things are mentioned, but it's just a way of keeping it together. So you've got your Beijing or you've got another expat connection, whatever it is. That's for sure is something that, especially right now, the yeah. past two years, they should have that. Because I hear you, you know with us, people like personally, not in a bad way to expats, but living abroad, we will drink. We might do, you know, that's something that we would go to. And I'm just, I'm saying that mainly because I've, I've seen it with other people. Do you know what I mean? Uh, different schools, different groups, that that's what they turn to. And, and that's usually what touches me when I'm always like, damn, they would not do that if they were home. But if they knew they can go somewhere, because nobody wants to tell their friends, you know, how yeah. they judge them, how they would say it, hold the grudge on them, you know? A way where they can just post will be very good or they can talk to someone. I like you know? all of your suggestions and I've actually been taking mental note. Um, so yeah, for instance, really I decided good. to like limit the individual people that I work with because I've been burnt out, but I'm about to start more group support. I love doing groups. You can work with more than one person at a time. There's a communal feel to it of collaboration for the very reasons that you said, just with the COVID stress, the COVID anxiety, you know, all the uncertainty surrounding living abroad right now. And people just need safe spaces to be able to connect and to share um, and to glean like healthier ways of being. So I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you offered all of that. Um, 
Mm. And I know that there are other people that are offering services. I think it's really people also doing their homework and identifying what's the best fit for them. Um, yeah. Because the help is there, right? But we have we can't just be dependent on somebody else doing it for us. We have to take initiative yeah. and mm-hmm. really be responsible for our own healing in the cocoon of social support, right? So I really am appreciative of just some of the things that you've offered. I have just a few more questions. When, when you think of what are some things that you've done to really take care of yourself, you know, mentally, physically, um, socially, what have been some things that you've done to really prioritize your well-being while being while living abroad? You know, when I look at the past few years, I've done, I found out what do I love? Um, and I realized one thing that I really love is to be around number one, people that bring happiness in me. So I've made sure that I've went out looking for them and I've made them, right? Yeah. The second thing is I love traveling and I've made sure I do whatever it is that I can. We can't travel, cool. Go down the road to temple of heaven. You know what I mean? Just find out. And then the other thing that I've noticed is, which was also something I felt like it was, this is not right. It's not me. But actually, maybe actually is good. Prioritize and just having you time. So do you remember the first thing that I told you? Because it's something that I love. But sometimes I don't need to always be around people. Yeah, that's true. Because sometimes because sometimes when you're by yourself, so we've experienced it. When you're, we've got holidays. Um, no, lockdown started in Beijing. Working from home, or God knows what we were doing I back love then. <laughs> Not teaching. But you're bored. You can't go out. If you meet somebody, there's contacts, you're close. So you stay home. And obviously, if you stay home, what do you do? You think. And every time, at least 80% is always bad thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our still talking be pretty negative. <laughs> yeah. It's always going to be like that. So, what do we do? We like to keep ourselves busy. But during those times, I start realizing no, maybe you need that. It's very important because you get to know yourself. You get to know what yeah. you like, what do you like to do, you know? So, yeah. I started to get into running planning my run, motivating myself, um, thinking, talking out loud. You know, some people like to write. I just talk out loud. I'd be sitting there and I'm just literally talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. And that's another way of me. It's like as if a counselor is sitting there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the process. It's it. You know, let out whatever it is. Or sometimes I write it. It just depends on my mood. Yeah. But that's one thing I said that I've made sure was to spend time by myself. And okay. literally one day, I remember it was like a normal week. And I said, you know what? Saturday, I'm not going to do anything. Sunday, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stay in. I don't need no counselor. I'm having me time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've been through that. Now I know. Yeah. But the, Does that make sense? And then you stand fresh. Right. The focus is different. Like the decision for mm-hmm. what I hear, this decision that you just shared to stay in wasn't because you were trying to escape something or because you're feeling bad. It's because the realization is I need to learn how to love my own company. And this is an opportunity for me to do that. Not because I'm lacking anything in this moment. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Like, it's really, really amazing. It's something I regretted not doing a lot before moving here. I hear you that. And like they say, the past is prologue. You can learn from it, which then gives mm. you a way in which to map out a, a a healthier way of moving forward. So if that's something that you notice, I, you know, I wish I would have done more of that. How do I do that now? Right? How do I yeah. say I didn't give myself then and make mm. make it a priority at this point in my life? Mm. So share this with me. This will be the last question. What are you most proud of? with your decision to move abroad? Um, I mean, personally, I am proud of what I've done in relation to the job that I've done being a teacher to those students. Yeah. That's, that's for me, I mean, I've done so many things, travel here, do that, finish my PGCI. Yeah, okay, cool, I got a paper. Yeah, it wasn't hard to get it. But for me personally, I am proud. And that's why I love my job so much that I'm proud that I've, I've had 20 students in my care. And it's something that, the reason why I say this to you is because we do it so much as teachers, they become so normal and so comfortable that we forget that we've got not dogs, not pens, 20 human beings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sensitive. 20 of them in a classroom. And I run that classroom. And I don't know if you know this, but I had to I had to share a classroom in the unit in the early years. And I am proud that I still, I mean, I, I am better person now but I still hold on to who I am does that make sense I didn't lose myself I didn't get crazy instead I got better and I was able to continue to teach those students for four years different ages they've come out differently so when I look at them and I'm like wow yeah I can't believe it you know what I mean yeah so that's something that I'm proud of then there's other stuff (laughs) <laughs> but that's my part and then it, it, it brings me back to why I came here it's true you know because when I was doing my PGCI I was like, oh my god yeah I'm doing my PGCI I'm doing my master's now wow it's amazing you know but then it all goes back to what am I doing it for motivation. for those students exactly. you know motivation and the students that will meet in the future exactly. how can I better help them learn from that and do better those ones I really appreciate it. What do you, well, I know I said this, that was my last question. I do have one more. What do you think your family would say about the growth that they've seen you make? Honestly, I think my sisters would definitely, my mom as well, but like, cause I've, I really am close to my sisters. They would tell, they would definitely be proud and they would say they never would have thought I would turn out like this. Mm. And the reason I'm, I'm saying it also because of me, because I've grown, we think the same in life. We think the same, we talk the same, we have views and values and everything. So that's one thing that I think for sure they would have said. Because I, like, I was going to be a vet. I was thinking of going in the vet way or like chef. 
you know I was going to do maybe business because it's in the family and I would have learned from my sisters and they would have taught me you know but yeah so they would have said they would have been like they're proud that I still stuck to what I wanted and I didn't do it to please other people I hear that you did it to really develop into the very the person that you choose to be and not someone that you're told you need to be yeah that's mm-hmm. me. I thank you for sharing that. I have no learned problem. so much um, in this hour <laughs> and a half of our conversation. I am so grateful for your honesty, for your candor. You know what? I've learned as well. Trust me. It's been a nice counseling session. <laughs> what do you want? I'll get you coffee when I see you. Okay, look, when, we, when, you, when you get back here, um, we'll definitely have to meet up for coffee. I have a, a really Careful. nice table in seven nine eight that we can go mm. to. Um, uh, I now that I've moved to Wanjing, huh? <laughs> I've moved to Wanjing now. I used to be in Guamal. Oh, okay, CBD. okay. So I don't know where that is. I'm in Lidu now. I was in San Latun, so I moved to Lidu. So I'm close to you. I'm close yeah, to Wanjing. Uh, Wanjing is sorry. I said that shouldn't be far. No, it's close. That's what I'm saying. Because you said seven nine eight, I said that would be perfect. Proper coffee. Perfect. <laughs> they got a lot of nice coffee places that I go get a lot of work done. But yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for you know just taking out some time in your day to share with us. And I want to thank everyone that is watching and tuning in to the Black Expat Experience for joining us on another amazing episode. I encourage everyone to keep taking risks, keep impacting your communities, and above all, make sure that you make time to prioritize your mental health. My only request is that you please like and share and subscribe. Um, The more Mm -hmm. that we can share these episodes, the more we can show the world that Black people exist and thrive everywhere, and that mental health Mm -hmm. is important to everyone's existence. And as a community, we can spread the word in a healthy and positive and productive way. So thank you again. And with that, I'm going to- Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I had a really good time. Yes. (laughs)